Good evening and welcome to the February 8th, 2024 school committee meeting. Um, Tim Knight is traveling this week, so I will be leading the meeting here this evening. Um, at this time, I'd like to call the meeting to order with a roll call of the school committee members. Uh, Michelle Kirk. Neil Brim here. Will Horn here. Diana Fischella here. Okay. Um, and now I'd like to open public input. Members of the public will be welcome to comment during the public input, either here or through Zoom. Please raise your Zoom hand. We ask that you keep your camera on when making a Zoom comment and that you follow school committee policy for public input, including speaking for no more than three minutes and only on topics under the purview of the school committee. Um, and whether you're here or in person, whether, sorry, whether you're in person or on Zoom, please state your name and address for the record. Hi everybody, Chris Potts, 7 Curve Street. Um, I just wanted to call your attention. I think there might have been a little error on the agenda with public comment. It said um, items, only items um, not on the agenda, which was an old, I think an old footnote. Um, I know that you're going to be talking about the school building project uh, later on, about the, the update with the school building committee. Um, I just wanted to, because the MSBA process is incredibly complicated, and I know that it's difficult for, for a lot of people to sort of get into the weeds on it. Um, I did want to call out one specific thing that I, I think it's really important for school committee to be aware of, and that is regarding the amount of control that MSBA has over the designer selection. And so I'm just going to give you this page from the website. Um, With MSBA, um, they actually have their own sort of hand-picked hand people, probably about more than a dozen, I think it's 13 total, that um, evaluate the designers. And everybody has to rank them, rate them, um, and the district only gets to send three people to that. So they are automatically outnumbered um, with that selection process. So if you're going into that selection process, process you really have your heart set on making sure that you have a designer, for example, that does both new and renovation um, work, you're not guaranteed to get somebody that specializes in both. Um, your rating and your rankings will be outweighed by everybody else that's sitting around that table. Um, what was fascinating to me is that if you look at the Watertown Elementary School projects, they did three projects outside of the MSBA program. One of them is a beautiful, beautiful renovation of the, their Lowell Elementary School. And their circumstances around that school, um, very similar to Dale Street School. Very tight location, dense, um, pretty much the same size enrollment. The footprint is about the same size of what we were hoping for. Um, and they did it, they're actually, they just had the, the um, ribbon cutting in October. Um, they went out to bid, I think it was 2022, and it was a $50 million project based on what I could find on their website. Um, and they did that. They, that was a self-funded project. They were able to um, use a beautiful um, architect who did actually all three of their elementary school projects. And so they got economies of scale by working with that one particular architect. Um, and they actually, they did when they did all three elementary pro projects at once, they actually changed architects um, or project managers midstream because they weren't happy. If you're in the MSBA program, changing midstream on anything is very, very difficult. So I think I just want to make sure that the school committee is aware 
Um, MSBA is great when it comes to providing the money, but they will tie your hands in multiple, multiple ways. And it's very difficult to change course on pretty much anything once you're in that program with enrollment, with designs, with anything. Um, and it's just, you lose your flexibility. And, and, and Watertown basically came out and said that, that they purposely didn't go to MSBA to begin with because they wanted to have the flexibility. So I just want to make sure that school committee is just aware of that as you begin to <clears throat> talk about this process. Thanks. Thank you. Anybody else? Is there anybody online? Person, but no okay, so we will close public comment. Um, <clears throat> we'll move up next to the consent agenda. We have the approval of the meeting minutes from our January 25th budget hearing and meeting, as well as some donations. Um, for donations, we have $500. The Medfield High School PTO to be from the Medfield High School PTO to be deposited into the um, Medfield High School Student Activity Account, and $1,000 from Thornburg Investments to be deposited in the Wheelock School Gift Account. Um, I'd like to note in the minutes, it says that Molly was there, but she was not. So um, when we make the motion, we'll pull that out. But does anyone have anything else um, around the consent agenda, the minutes or the donations? Okay. Um, do I hear a motion to approve the consent agenda with the minutes amended to remove Molly Chin from in attendance? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? The motion passes unanimously. All right, next up we have um, our student advisory. So I'd like to welcome uh, Molly. I think you're speaking on behalf of um, class 2024 and then Michael and Tess are both here. You guys can pick your order on how you wanna go, but very excited to hear what you have to say. Okay. In place of Julia Keating, director school committee for the class of 2024. Currently, the 2024 student government is selling pennant flags that say Medfield on them, and they're putting the word out in all schools. They're $12, and links can be found on the on their Instagram or concerned citizens slash friends of Medfield. This is their last run, fundraiser ever, and any support would be greatly appreciated. They also just finished launching or planning the launch night, which is when the seniors spend the night at launch, the night before graduation. Thank you. Any questions? <laughs> Thanks, Molly. Hello, my name is Tess Bakke, and I'm the representative for the class of 2026. As we mentioned in the last meeting, we provided community service opportunities for our grade through the senior center and shoveling driveways. Since that opportunity came up, we have had great participation and our grade has been great about it. We've also started to talk about course selections for next year, as I think in March, we're going to be deciding them. Um, so because we'll be juniors next year, next year will be our first year doing APs. And so I think our teachers have been really helpful in the process and they've also reminded us not to overwhelm ourselves and for next year because it will be tough um and then for um our movie night we're planning on doing it sometime in the spring and we're also planning on having a raincoat fundraiser so stay tuned Thank what's you. a raincoat fundraiser um so we're just selling raincoats selling raincoats yeah. okay <laughs> thanks Jess. thanks Jess. A little bit of snowsuit this year. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, 
Hello, my name is Michael Roth. I'm the representative of the school committee for the class of 2025. Um, since since the last meeting um, that, that I talked at, uh, we we did the winter drive with Kratos of Crayons, and that is ending tomorrow. Um, so that that went pretty well. I think the bin's almost full right now. Um, we're also planning on doing a fundraiser with Chipotle, which I know Deca did last Saturday, and that was very successful for them. So we hope that it works out. Um, the date's sometime in March. Um, and then we also have decided that the theme for prom will be The Great Gatsby. And we started um, planning what decorations we want to buy for prom and uh, the food. Is it going to be held here? It's at July. Right. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you. Thanks, Michael. All right, thank you to our students. You're welcome to stay, or you're welcome to go. <laughs> Except for Molly, you have Except to for stay. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Next up, we have. Uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Nat Vaughn, Mary Brule, and Stephen Marks, who are here to present a proposal about middle school uh, unified basketball. So I'll say this is something that we wanted to do for several years, and I know that um, Nat and Mary and Stephen are working hard on this. So we're excited about this opportunity for our kids, and I know that it's going to be well received by everyone. It's it's really outstanding program. Sorry about that. Hold on one second. All right. <laughs> we need hold music. I know. We're really excited. We wanted to build the excitement. Yeah. If we started talking right away, there's no, there's no suspense. Load, load yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I took, Nat, I took Nat, control Nat, your computer is used to that. I'm just saying. I know where it is in mine. You can slide it off. There you Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeff said enough. That's great. <laughs> um, no, thank you everyone for coming um, and listening tonight. We are excited um, for a new opportunity. This is something we've talked a lot about um, through the years, uh, with, or my time in Medfield now, um, is trying to bring unified sports to Medfield. Um, and we have been kind of trying to think about the right school to start it at, the right population, um, and the right timing. Um, and 
meeting of the minds came together um, and really were able to get a proposal out that we think is pretty exciting um, to have us involved for this year for the unified sports. So um, just a little bit about what is unified sports. It's an inclusive program that really brings together students with and without disabilities to participate in sports as equals. It really fosters friendship, teamwork, and understanding. So um, thank you to just from a background piece when we were talking and you see you, you and Ashland have had been part of the United sports, right? Sure, yeah. yeah. It's fortunate uh in uh, the athletic director in Ashland for the previous five years and uh we were starting to play sports uh at the high school and the school and so benefits from um, first and foremost promoting inclusivity, which is definitely part of our culture anyhow and now it's a big piece of the strategic plan um, unified sports allows students with and without disabilities to compete together on the same team promoting a culture of acceptance and understanding among our student body um, social emotional development for all um, you know I can read out all the bullets but really <laughs> it, it does the idea of fostering a sense of belonging which also coincidentally is our theme this year at Blake and I know big push for our strategic plan within the district um, skill development, students of varying abilities, having the opportunity to develop their basketball skills in a supportive and encouraging environment, and community engagement, which is a huge piece that when we met with Special Olympics is really engaging the community beyond just the activity, what it might mean, and, and working with uh, community both, I'd say, on a micro level at Blake, but also extending with all schools and the greater community. Right. which is a piece. And I think that was an exciting piece as well when we were meeting with them is the opportunities to kind of grow from here, both to the high school as well as um, opportunities for non-sport oriented activities at the elementary level as well. Um, and we are, you know, just excited that it would be able to bring even more um, inclusive opportunities and ways that we can have everyone involved um, together in meaningful ways. Yeah. So the, ahead, the implementation plan, yeah. The implementation plan. So um, what we would do is um, we would open up registration and registration would be open to any student um, at Blake, um, regardless of ability. Um, and we would form a team. Um, from there, we would hire a coach um, that would work with the team. Um, they would probably have about two days a week, it would end up being probably one practice and one game. Um, and in, And the way that would work would be there's a schedule that's already been made and we would play two games. There would be a jamboree or a tournament towards the end. Um, and again, there would be one practice along with one game a week. Um, in terms of community outreach, um, we would be working with the students at Blake and the rest of the community and really try and get as many people, um, especially at the home game as we can. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, if you haven't had a chance to see unified basketball or unified sports in general, I highly encourage you to um, to look up, we can send you some clips from other schools. Um, when you pack the gym and have everybody in there cheering on the, the students and the coaches, it is an unbelievable um, event um, of all the different sporting events that at least I've been a part of it in my time. That has been um, probably the most rewarding one um, that I've been a part of. So um, looking forward to having it there. And we've been um, collaborating with the special, special education department, of course, in terms of setting it up and how we're going to structure everything in terms of the athletes and the partners. And I, I just echo what Stephen's saying is, you know, each year we've been part of, for a number of years, the Five Town Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. So we have that one-time event. That really is a one-time. There's a lot of work behind it, but 
every time that has been such a meaningful experience for all of our kids. I'm really looking and excited about how we can integrate that into our realm. Right now we're starting with basketball and maybe hopefully building from that for other activities. Also say just on an individual level, I live in Halston and they have a pretty strong unified program. My son Owen has been involved as a junior now with, with uh, as a partner and working with that. And I would say, I mean, he loves sports, big basketball player. He says by far this is the most rewarding experience he's been a part of and the relationships formed and, and educating on all levels. It's been amazing. And the Jamboree and just seeing the community outreach and partnership with other towns as well. It's, I feel, and it may sound cliche, but you hear like, this is what sports are all about. And it's really like with a lot of non, not a lot of the nonsense that we all experience in other realms of sports about Absolutely. just you know, just playing teamwork, and enjoying playing and enjoying yeah. and helping each other out and, and everyone grows um so really excited about it and it's an exciting time to do it as well because next yeah. year we actually host the five town um special olympics so it would be you know exciting to have kind of this starting and then next year um, building on the success hopefully of this season and um and then hosting the five town special olympics um in the spring next year we've offered and that we'd be happy to be the host for the jamboree Yes. For the other community. Absolutely. Well, um, so for the budget for it this year, um, it's it's a little bit easier. Um, so part of what we get in starting a unified sports, the Special Olympics does donate $500. Um, so we were going to use that for um, a part of the uh, coaching stipend. So we would not need the actual funding uh, this year because of that. And then um, we just purchased new uniforms, which is very exciting uh, for the athletes appending um, an approval tonight. We will be able to actually hit send um, <laughs> on the order um, and transportation. Uh, we do have access to the warrior van um, and we also offered to host the Jamboree and we have a home game. So um, transportation is relatively little to nothing. Um, the referees, we have a, <laughs> we are. Um, a referee who has volunteered uh, to, to ref for free uh, when we're hosting the game, so we wouldn't need to do that. Um, the other piece, and you'll see that this is going to be through donations. As we said, part of the Special Olympics thing, they really want to develop, you know, all sides of students. So the athletes, the partnership, the connections, the communication, the community, and then the leadership. Um, so they do ask that if there's going to be kind of an event that the that the team takes a leadership role in helping to plan, helping to collect donations, helping to get the word out. Um, so we were talking about potentially doing kind of a, a leadership pizza party to celebrate the season, um, but to have the students taking the lead in terms of planning and organizing and collecting money and asking for donations. So um, that's, you know, kind of the the overall um, need for that. You'll see that the stipend does go up um, slightly for the FY25, um, and that's really based off of the contract. Um, what When we take the typical season um, middle school sports and divide it by the number of days and the number of weeks that actually would be, um, that's the exact kind of count for it. But other than that, um, it's a relatively low maintenance uh, cost on our end with a, with a huge impact. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, knew from our schedule. It's um, Walpole. Walpole, Canton, Westwood. Um, Westwood, and us would be our sort yeah. of division. So um, we would have a away game in Walpole, yep. host Westwood, and then Canton might be a scrimmage, yep. and informal, and then we'd have the Jamboree. Yep. The season runs about five weeks long. 
I know, I mean, through our, um, just, the middle school job alike, that I know other communities that have it in place at their high school are looking for other aspects. That's been part of our communication too. And it's been great too, just from our network of like our, our own staff who live in different communities and are more familiar with Unified because it hasn't been a part of Medfield's reality. It's been really great to say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I have a nephew or a niece. I know about my own family or friends in our community that have been doing that. I'm just so glad it's coming into Medfield, hopefully with your approval. Yeah. Sure, we're anytime for questions. On the team, right? Or how many teams can there be? You know, if there's that much interest, we we would have one team. Um, we would take um, obviously registrations, and one of the pieces that we need to kind of iron out is um, partners. Okay, so we have athletes, which would be students with disabilities, and partners would be you know um, students without disabilities playing together. Um, there is a potential to expand on the partners piece, depending on how many signups we get. So if there's two days a week, we we might not want to limit it and say okay we're just only going to take six partners we would be able to expand it to more and and have more people be a part of it so it would be one team probably somewhere around 12 to 15 total um total people is there uh, other other sports than just basketball yeah yeah we have dreams leo um. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my question what's the growth potential with this there's there's a huge growth potential, which I, I think was part of what, for me, um, I got really excited. Um, but I think, you know, as we were saying, there's many sports that you can do, um, some simpler. I mean, they have, um, they have unified track, they have unified um, bocce, which I think is really We've awesome. We've talked a lot about um, that. Yeah. I just yeah. think that having a unified bocce mm -hmm. team would bring a whole new uh, group of students potentially um, than some of the other sports and I want to be a part of that um, <laughs> and then um, they have and this is both for middle and high and then they have a lot of different more activity based um, things at the elementary level that they would help to support um, which I think would be great you know we um, have been talking a lot at CPAC, a lot with the principals, trying to think about ways to make sure that we have more intramural activities and more after-school activities that are available to students at the elementary level and that um, are accessible for students uh, with disabilities as well. And so I think this is another way to partner and to kind of build on what we are hoping to move forward with. So lots of potential. <clears throat> And we're excited there's there's the way that kind of unified sports works is you could just sign up to just do one sport that's right right but um if you engage the entire community which is what we're going after we don't just want this to be a one shot they um, they call it a unified champion school so if you do all these different parts to it um the district becomes a unified champion district um and what's interesting and kind of nice the way that this is working is in in most districts it starts at the high school and then they try and scale it down to the middle school. We're starting at the middle school and then hopefully going to be able to scale it up to the high school as our population uh, changes. <laughs> so it's a natural progression as opposed mm -hmm. to the other way around, which is where it started in, in most other districts. So yeah. we already have an area picked out for the bocce court. We've already, <laughs> we've already figured out where we're going to put it. Have a lot of excitement for the bocce team. Uh, I, think, I think it's awesome. I just think it's like a quick turnaround and like you can only have 12 or 15 kids. I don't know what you're doing. 
40 sign up because it starts tomorrow, right? So I'm starting February 9th, I think. I mean, yeah. if approved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The this email, season's done. I'm just nervous for like the logistics yeah. and like getting yeah. a team and a coach and you have games in like three weeks. But yeah. I mean, you yeah. have my, my vote. I just, I have, when I saw the schedule, I was like, that that's like, we kind work of well aggressive. Under pressure, well. What's that? I said, we work well under pressure. All right, cool, let's do it. It's also, and I'll say, and I think we all share it in that timeline, but um, you know, that's their suggested timeline mm -hmm. right? right we have the ability to schedule right. games we can move games we can move practices right. we have the ability that's when they're mm -hmm. saying this is the parameters of when we think the season starts. and so, you'll see the rosters aren't even due until march 8th so we say that we'll be starting kind of right after break just because we'd love to get the get the teams going and moving but yeah. um, we have some some time in that and there's not a game until the week of march 11th and again there's lots of flexibility. It's only four teams, so we have. Yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> it's just like you know, gyms are packed, and you're and yeah. Like, you have we like, on oh, our end yeah, yeah, um, have yeah. been kind of looking through and making sure the logistics and the schedules and the um, and you know we put forth a proposal earlier to um, Eric Scott to make sure that this was feasible in terms of athletics across the district. Um, and then Eric convened a committee together with Matt and some um, site council. So to make sure that it fit the schedules and coordinations of everyone, because it is really fast. I'm looking at the time in March where our gym and thinking about, we were before even thinking about coordinating with our intramurals, is the gym available? And you're right, it's 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 truly hard to predict involvement and volunteership for mm -hmm. kids, for the middle school age and what the conditions yeah. are. Right. And I think what we were saying is, we want to make sure we include as many, but not too many. So like if we get a good problem that we sometimes have of like too many volunteers, like how do we do that? We don't want to cut kids. We don't want to do that from the partner side. Right. Um, you know, we'll try to figure out a system. We'll try to think about that to involve kids and to do that in different ways. Continue with that track. You have a lot of kids doing track, doing unified track. They did that yeah, at Wellesley. Right. Right. That. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's great. Right level. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Any other questions? Are you guys ready to vote? Yes. Yeah. Oh, sure. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Chris, would you mind speaking on the mic? I'm curious about having sat in the policy review meetings, like the like things like the concussion policy. Does it something like that apply to something like this, or is this under a different sort of governance umbrella? So I'm just trying to figure out you know, how it, how that works. I would imagine it would apply. Yeah. I'll say that the way we plan on doing registration once we get the, if we get the green light here is to have students register the same exact way they do yeah. for athletics. Right. So through the family ID system, all the same policies, all yep. the same sign up. So all the help, all the help yep. paperwork yep. and everything all would the, be. Coordination with yep. our nursing. And that was part of kind of before we wanted to put forth <laughs> the proposal, we wanted to make sure that, as we said, schedules allowed, time allowed, places allowed, um, and it was possible to get this into the registration system as well. Um, it's a sport. It, that's, that's, right. what, that's what we're asking is for, for it to be approved um, as an official sport, and so all of the same paperwork and systems would be in play. I said I'm more worried about bocce than basketball. But... <laughs> <laughs> we'll have helmets for bocce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like to call a motion to approve the unified program at Blake Middle School. Second. Do we have a second of the motion? Yep. Yeah, okay. All in favor? 
Aye. Aye. Um, motion passes. Yeah, thank, thank you guys you. so much. Thank I'm really much. excited. Look for registration. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> At the Jamboree to our calendars. Going to get it set up. I do too. Yeah. We don't need it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys. <clears throat> All right. Next up is the 2024-2025 school calendar. <clears throat> Thank you, Madam Chair. In your materials, you had um, our draft. 2024-2025 school year calendar with all of the release days, professional development days, holidays, etc., conferences. Um, I just want to call your attention to the what we'd like to add on the second page, um, and I just to read it. Um, in the spirit of our core value of inclusivity, the Medfield Public Schools has chosen to attach a second page to the district calendar to increase awareness of various holidays celebrated by families in our community. This list, while not exhaustive. Uh, represents the days that are most significant to families in Medfield. Although these are not necessarily days off from school, each in their each in is an important reminder to offer our students flexibility as meaningful holidays present in students' lives. So, and there's a list of holidays, the dates of observance um, that don't necessarily are on our calendar typically. Uh, but as I've spoken to parents in the last few months, um, that there's a desire for for folks in the community to understand that. You know there are people that celebrate different holidays in this community, and it's it's good to know that, <clears throat> that they're there. So um, we think it's something that we would like to attach to our our calendar with you know with your approval, um, and I think it sends a really good message that you know we're an inclusive community. I like I like it. I think it's a good a good addition um, for people to be understanding of like other people's holidays and beliefs and things like that. And we often, you know, talk to the teachers on some of these. Some of them are no homework weekends and et cetera. So I think we would be, we we, we would meet with the teachers and the principal would meet with the teachers just to kind of go over this to make sure that if a student is celebrating a holiday that isn't normally on our calendar to give them the flexibility they need, whether it's homework or tests or whatever. Uh, we think that's a really important piece. That's what I thought when I saw it. I think it's awesome for the teachers to have because if you are not of a religion or whatever, like, it just sneaks up on you, right? And sometimes right. it can lead to a, a, a tough interaction between the school and a parent or a kid or a family. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a great ad just for that reason. So teachers do their best, but then it's just right there. Mm -hmm. um, so you won't have huge tests or projects like the day after that. So right. It's not alert. Awesome right. It's not an alert in their system that pops up. No. Yeah. It's so, hard to keep track. Yeah, it is. Right. So. We also added high school graduation on here. We usually don't have that on the calendar, but we added that on the calendar for next year. Um, does that, that ever move? I'm sorry. Well, does that date ever move? Um, it's always the the usually the Saturday or Sunday after Memorial Day weekend. Like so. snow days don't affect it or anything no, like that. No, okay. definitely not. <laughs> sorry, Molly. <laughs> She's like, I will answer What's this one. <laughs> Molly, another another storm coming this week on Monday. I know, but we're getting a storm. <laughs> that that ups that ups the chances. Get our hopes up. I yeah. None of you, none of your uh, classmates want to delay. <laughs> so just we also have um, all the the conferences in there again. So middle school, high school, and also all the elementary days in there. So pretty packed calendar, as you can see. 
No, the ones that are in bold are actually state holidays. State holidays. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And the other thing I would just draw your attention to, we typically have our digital learning day in either the late winter, early spring. Uh, this year it's in April. Um, the staff that work on that, that team really wanted to look at doing something in December this year and doing it earlier. And we got some feedback on that. So we have the full professional development day is on December 10th next year, not in, in the winter or in April. We used to have it in the winter, but then we got snowed out one year. So there's an awful lot of work that goes into planning for that. And it was really, really awful that, that we couldn't have the day that day. It was, we had a, almost a blizzard that day. So they, they had asked for it to be put in the spring at that point, And now they're thinking that, uh, and the teachers think that having it in December would be helpful for them because some of the things that they learned during that day, they can implement the entire year instead of just, you know, doing some in the spring and waiting for the fall to do some. So. If I usually get asked about the number of half days for teacher PD, and I know the PD time is contractual, mm -hmm. that's a big consideration. And I, I know it's come up in the past, but I actually don't remember the outcomes. I think it was pre-pandemic yeah. uh, about the idea of having more full days uh, around PD as opposed to. So contractually, it's six release days um, <clears throat> that we have in the contract. Uh, I think the other issue around that is when we had this conversation years ago is that uh, actually parents too would rather get out earlier in June than stay later in June based on yeah. the additional days. Because remember, they used to have the day before Thanksgiving off as a full day off and not a half day. And we changed that. And then we, we looked at a couple other days and made them half days. So I think um, I think next contract, if that's something you folks want to talk about, then that's something that we would... But I did ask for the... Yeah, the, for sure. For the crowd at yeah. home that are listening. But um, it does seem like the 23rd is a little kind of pushing it than, more than usual in the month. For uh, last day, well, that'd be with the five cancellations. Oh, with the yeah, the yeah. Last so it's the, it's the 13th. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. yeah. So yeah. it's the 13th, um, without snow days, and then um, with because by law we have to put in the what it would be with five cancellations, and that's something that's been on the books forever. They just make you do that on the calendar. So I would ask that you approve if there's no questions. Or... Are there any other questions? You ready to vote? Okay. Um, let's see. Do I hear a motion to approve the 2024-2025 school calendar as presented? So moved. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All right. The motion passes unanimously. Thank you. All right. Dr. Marson, do you have any other items since posting? I do not, Madam Chair. Okay. All right. Moving on to budget update. So we are scheduled to appear in front of the Warren Committee uh, on the 13th of February at 7, 7 p.m. Um, typically what we've done in that when we go uh, to the Warren Committee is do a presentation of our budget and answer questions. I know that Michael has been working with the, the Warren Committee liaison, Ed Vizella, for the last couple of weeks, and they've been they've met a couple of times. And, um, you know, Ed has been going over some numbers, and, you know, Ed's a former business administrator for a school district, so he... He knows how the budgets work, which is great. I mean, he's he's a, he's a great ally to have on that committee because he knows so much about school budgets. But he is trying to do his due diligence so that he can present and support whatever we present on Tuesday, um, and then 
translate some of the stuff for the new members, I think, of the, the Warren Committee. So he has a deep understanding of, of school budgets in general and, and just getting to know our budget a little more. So, Mike, do you have anything else to add on? I mean, we'll, we'll have a pretty good sense at, after the 13th if they're going to want us to reduce our budget, cut our budget, then we start having a lot more conversations about it. But we're still kind of in a holding pattern right now because we haven't heard. They might give us a new number on Friday. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay. So a new target? A new target. Okay. Hopefully that target's going up, Michael. <laughs> yeah, okay. So once again, once we do that, that meeting on the 13th, then we'll get a pretty good sense of what they're thinking, and then we'll have a lot more conversations here because we'll know what they're asking and whether we need to make reductions or not. Okay. Questions? No? Okay. All right. Next up, uh, SBC update. Um, so the SBC will be meeting on Monday, February 12th, 7 o'clock at the Public Safety Building. Uh, the agenda includes a discussion and vote for the statement of interest for the MSBA, as well as the vote um, on the responses that were received for the RFP. Um, also, again, for, I guess, people listening at home or for the, the three of you, um, Steve Callahan gave a presentation to the SBC previously, and then this past warrant committee, he kind of gave a summary of it again. Um, <clears throat> it starts around, like, the 90-minute mark, but I feel like it's a really great place to get a better understanding of kind of, like, the financial implications of MSBA and not MSBA. So just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was very informative um, on the potential tax implications for all of the people of our town. So, Leo or Jeff, do you have anything to add? No, we did get two vendors that submitted RFQs, so I forwarded those to the chair of the the co-chairs of the school building committee. So I think they're going to have folks you know, take a look at that and hopefully make a decision so we can get moving on that study. Okay. Yeah, I'll just echo that. You know, since joining, I think that the idea is to do a very thorough and open process, and whether it's MSBA, non-MSBA, you know, I think it's going to boil down to what we need and what it's going to cost. Mm -hmm. So I think just as boards, there are always a lot of questions, a lot of moving parts. So, so we have the SOI as a conversation item at our next meeting in March uh, because there is a deadline in uh, mid-April, the 13th or 14th, whatever that date is. Uh, to submit that to MSBA. So I know there'll be a conversation about it at School Building Committee. Um, you folks have to talk about it and decide what you want to direct me to do or not to, and then the select board the same. So um, we're coming up in that the month of March will be very important to iron all that out so we can either move forward with SOI or not. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. All right, next up, uh, community engagement and communication. Uh, we have our next informal conversation. Uh, will be held virtually on Wednesday, February 28th at 7. Um, I don't have any other communication updates right now. Anyone else? We can talk about CPAC a little bit. Okay. Uh, I have a message from, from their board. Because um, last time, the last meeting, I mentioned that there are parent groups um, mm -hmm. kind of based on diet involved. If you have a student, you have a question. And then just a couple a couple of dates. Well, CPAC's running a, a fundraiser. Um, they're still trying to sell it's a, cards for $30 on their website. Um, so if you want to support CPAC financially, you can do that. And then one of the, the there's a couple meetings. Uh, one I really wanted to highlight was the, the new IP process. Mary Brule, who, who just spoke, is going to do that on March 12th. 
um, and kind of go over the new IEP process. So if, if you know those initials have a student on IP, think you're, you, you might be looking for one from the school, um, March 12th. I'm not sure, usually the meetings are in the middle school library. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the location here. I think that's the same, but lots of uh, good work. Again, CPAC website, go there if you have any questions. Um, and then with the middle school PTO, um, no real big updates. Um, they tell you they, those, <laughs> that board is so dedicated, they're meeting on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Mm. Uh, in a couple of days. So uh, <laughs> they're out there working to do, the, do everything they can for our middle school students. But those are my two groups. Anything else? I don't want updates. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, school start times update. So our first school start time committee meeting is scheduled for February 12th, which is next Monday. Uh, Mary Brule was just here and Robert Parker, who is the high school principal, are going to be the co-chairs of the committee. And I think um, we're pretty excited about getting this work done. I think the the initial meeting is just making sure that everyone knows who they are and, and meets people. And, and then we start to really look at, you know, what might be some of the challenges if we decide to change our school start times in the future and talk about some of those challenges and maybe some solutions. Um, and I know that uh, Will and Tim are going to be school committee uh, members on that. Um, and again, it's set up like our other, our other task force where um, the charge of this committee is to make a recommendation to me as superintendent for September 2025, and then I hope to bring that recommendation to you uh, for a vote in June. That's that's our goal. We're looking at we're looking at five meetings, um, starting on Monday and finishing uh, at the end of May, and then hopefully that first meeting in June, having a, a recommendation for you folks. Uh, that's the goal. But we ha we have it all uh, mapped out in terms of what we're going to be doing. We have a lot of a lot of parents uh, as a part of the group. I know in your packet you have the committee list. So pretty much almost equal amount of school and parents on there, which is great. So looking forward to it. I don't know if anyone else wants to jump in, but um, looking forward to the, getting into the process and seeing if we can make a change or not to see what, what people have been I'm one of the first in this area. Um, and there's a lot of pushback, particularly on sports. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's just commonplace. Yeah. Wow. So, so interesting to see. I'm excited that all the parents that wanted to be on it are on it, uh, parents and community members. Right. Um, and some of them, like, are teachers that have gone through it with other districts, and some of them are, uh, I don't want to say, I don't put too much, but, like, I mean, almost experts in the field, people that mm -hmm. study this. So it's it's awesome, the group of parents we've had, and I've exchanged emails with them, and then I've uh, had conversations with some already, so. Looking forward excited to it. Excited to it. Yeah, do it, yeah, very exciting. All right, next up is uh, the policy update. Leo, do you want to take this? Sure. So the very exciting process of the policy committee uh, has been hard at work, as you can see. Um, Tim is not here. Uh, there is a lot to review. Um, so we're not going to ask for a vote of any kind. But what we are going to ask you is to, is to go through. Um, I don't really think there was anything specific on this package of them uh, that we want to look at. But please read through. There were a lot of changes and updating to modernize the policies. Um, I will say MASC has been very helpful uh, in reviewing those and finding those. Of course, they've been doing it with a lot of folks. Um, 
and just weeding out some of the uh, older language that's been around for a long time. So, um, yeah, Jim's been great. Yeah, he's been, been great. very, very good mm-hmm. and patient. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so as we go through it, so um, yeah, that's about uh, we have an update. I know Tim. Uh, Tim has been lead since I was the latecomer. You know, on the back and forth with Jim um, in between meetings, but when we're all together. It is nose down. Let's get through it. And we appreciate uh, Dr. Marston and uh, and the folks he has with them to depending on whatever it is. So it's a lot of planning and time out of their day as well. So, but I think once we're through it, it'll be nice, easily, and searchable on the platform. Which be great. Is kind of our goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Any questions on policy? All right. Um, on to informational items. So in your packet is the uh, accept FY24 quarter two report. So that's, you know, they do four updates for us, which we, uh, to superintendents and we pass on to school committee. So um, that's in there for your review. Any other updates? I'm going to see the Blake musical on Saturday. So I think that'll be fun. And I saw that the high school has um, a play production on March 1st and 2nd. Mm-hmm. Looks like it's loosely based on Harry Potter. So my kids were excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Happening? Molly? Right. Um, she gave that. I know she I did. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be inside this year or outside or? Um, we're going to be outside. Okay. If, if it was late. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anything else? No. Nope. All right. Do I hear a motion to adjourn? Moved. All in favor? Aye. 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 All right. Our next meeting is March seventh. Uh, thank you, everybody.